Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Last First Date Radio. This is your host, Sandy Weiner, and I am the founder and chief love officer at LastFirstDate.com. I want to thank you for joining us today. I am very excited to bring you a special guest. His name is David Ratchford, and he's going to be talking about how to live a values-based life and attract the right partner, and he calls it a a life of, I'm just going to get the living congruently. So we're going to find out what that means in just a few minutes. And um, Last First Date Radio is a show about achieving healthy, off-the-charts love in the second half of life. And I truly believe that this is the best time to have relationships, whether you're just dating or in a relationship. You know yourself. You like yourself better. You're not as focused on the little tiny minutiae in life. You, You hopefully have a big picture way of looking at life. And you are more mature, so you're not going into dating with your eyes closed, which is so much better. And um, what I have found, though, is that people in midlife do tend to make a few mistakes over and over again. And we we tend to do that because we don't have somebody who's standing over us saying, hey, you're making a mistake, and this could really help your dating success. So what I've done is I've compiled a free guide that lists the top three mistakes that I have seen midlife daters make, and I give actionable steps to how to turn those mistakes around so you can find epic love in midlife. If you'd like a copy, just go to my website, lastfirstdate.com, and sign up on my homepage. I also want to invite all the women who are over 40 and single to my Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date, and I created this Facebook group to help women who are single stop struggling so hard, stop making the same mistakes, and have a place to go where they feel safe, where they feel supported by somebody who has the experience to help guide them, because often we don't have friends who are giving us good advice and Um, And some people don't have anybody to turn to. So this group is growing every day. We have about 200 members, and I am extremely actively involved. It's absolutely free to join. So again, the name of the group is Your Last First Date. And just go to Facebook groups and search for Your Last First Date and request to join, and I will add you to the group because I want you to go on Your Last First Date. So I would like to introduce our guest right now. His name is David Ratchford, and he's the host of The Better Human Show. It's a fabulous podcast that focuses on living a strong second half of life, focusing on health and fitness, relationships, and giving back. And I was honored to be a guest on David's show, The Better Human Show, and it was a fabulous interview. So he's he's very good at what he does. I suggest you tune in. He's a graduate from the School of Hard Knocks and a Navy veteran who lost his health due to injury and addiction. And then he battled back by becoming a yoga instructor and a health mentor. 
He lost 65 pounds, and he's keeping it off. David lives in Santa Barbara, California, where he enjoys fitness activities and hiking with his Norwegian loonhound, Nicolina. I hope I'm pronouncing all of that correctly. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show, David. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> Thank you, Sandy. Oh, what a great, uh, what a great intro. Oh, thank you. Well, did I pronounce? Is it Lundhund? Is uh, did I, I think I pronounced um, it Lundhund? It's pronounced Lundhund. Norsk okay. Lundhund. She is a she's a puffin hound. She looks like a fox. Um, she's Ooh. a really good little dog. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. So um, I'm really excited to be here on the show with you today. Yeah, me too. So it's fun to be on somebody's podcast and then have them on 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 our my own. Um, so we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is living a values-based life and living congruently. So let's talk about what that means. So can you just talk about what living congruently means? Sure. Probably the easiest way to define um, congruent is to mean to be in alignment with. Um, and so it's easy to define the opposite of that, which means when you're out of alignment. So to live congruent with your values or to live in alignment with your values means that you know what your values are and you make decisions on what you do based on those values versus, um, you know, you might have a value of, for example, and, and, and that this is a perfect example in my life, um, where I value health and fitness, and, I've, and there was a point where I drifted away from practicing that value. And because of that, when I, that misalignment or not being congruent uh, with the value of health and fitness, I, would, I gained a lot of extra weight and, and had a, allowed myself to... Um, I would say, you know, become a victim of my own choices and, uh, you know, gave myself obesity and pre-diabetes from making bad choices in the kitchen um, at fast food restaurants and, of course, at the mini market by, you know, buying too much alcohol and booze and all of that kind of stuff. So I wasn't being congruent to the health and fitness value um, and, therefore, um, it, you know, that's just one example, and it, and it has repercussions down the line when you're out of alignment. Oh, definitely. And I have lived out of alignment for many, many years before my divorce, so I can totally relate to that because being married to a person who was not lined up with me had me living what I called like a fake fake life, you know, where I was faking mm -hmm. it a lot to just try to survive. And there's such a big difference between survival and thriving. When you really are aligned, you start to really thrive. So uh -huh. I see how you're thriving now. You're in great shape. You're you're um you know, you're 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 just very focused. I see your posts on Facebook. We're in similar some some of the same groups on Facebook for business and very, very focused, getting things done, get up really early in the morning, um, you know, really admire your tenacity and your focus. Well, thank you. And it's, and it's easier once, you know, you, you start to get 
lined up. You know, there's that expression, you know, you're getting your ducks lined up in a row or whatever it is, you know. And, and when mm-hmm. when you have things lined up um, with a clear vision of your values, and w- what I want to talk to you about is, you know, this is last first date radio, so hopefully mm-hmm. there's somebody out there listening that's that's like going through these things and maybe it's a man or maybe it's a woman and, and saying like, you know, why is it that I'm not able to attract somebody that I really want to be with? You know, and, and I went through this for years after my divorce. Um, and, you know, I got into relationships um, and um, and a couple of them were good, but they weren't really quite the fit because I still wasn't being completely true to the to my my true values. And um, but when you get in alignment with first one thing, and for me that that keystone um, or the cornerstone was um, was health and fitness. Then it it be, the other values that I that I have and um, you know that I was identi- that I identified um, were all easier because I had this keystone or this cornerstone value to base off of it. And I notice that when I get away from it, even today, if I, you know, if I spend too long without um, getting a workout or um, doing self-care, like my yoga practice to manage my stress, um, it's easy to fall away from this. So it's, it's definitely a practice um, that is really important to focus on the values every day. Mm-hmm. So so you found the one value, the fitness and health. And so for people who are looking to find somebody to really align with, um, and they need to go internally first to find their own values, do you have any suggestions as to how to identify those core values? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the, I, I think the, one of the important things is to go back to where you were as a kid. You know, when you first started becoming conscious of things that you really like to do, um, there's something there. And for me, that was, you know, I, I always got, um, I, I always benefited from hard workouts. You know, I was on the swim team and and, uh, and the coaches, like, appreciated that I would be there and, and be dedicated. So I, so I, I, developed a value for hard work and physical activity. Um, so that was one of them. Um, another thing that I remember being, um, a, as a kid, um, I got really into reading, um, a, a certain mystery series and it wasn't the Hardy boys. It was like my first, you know, adult mystery series. Like I, I think it was Travis McGee, um, and the books by John D. McDonald. And, um, okay. and I thought I've always liked writing, you know, um, and I and I imagined, you know, I, I knew that this man, the author, you know, um, that he didn't live these great adventures. He pretty much, you know, was um, a, a writer who sat at a typewriter and, and, and wrote. But I always thought that would be a neat way to earn a living with the written word and the imagination. And um, so I and I always liked writing. Um, and so that was another thing. Um, so I would suggest that people go back to find what was really important to them or that they really, that really kind of fills their soul. Um, back when you're, you know, when, when you were a youngin, 
Do you? Um, I'm mm-hmm. just curious, Andy. What were what were some of the things that that resonated with you back in your um, adolescence or um, during those formative years? That's a good question. I would say my whole life I was an artist. I was a painter. I did a lot of calligraphy, just kind of copying oh, cool. things out of books. Um, yeah, so I I was an artist, a working artist, until I became a coach, and. Um, <clears throat> there are times that I miss it, miss that a little bit, but I think for me the core core value is creativity, and it can show mm-hmm. up in so many different ways. So it shows up in in my coaching. It shows up in the programs that I create. It shows up in my writing, which I never wrote as a kid. So it's interesting that I became a writer, but I always thought I was a terrible writer, and I was not really a reader as a kid either, but now I'm a voracious reader. So I think it's an interesting exercise, but I do think that sometimes we show up as adults with things that we may not have done as kids, but there might be reasons for it. I think for some people, yeah, that like they just never explored other parts of themselves. Um, Sometimes expectations were placed upon you by authorities in your life, and you were suppressed. So when you say hard work, for example, as a, as a value, for some people, hard work is a is actually almost like a saboteur. It's um, mm-hmm. sure. you know you you must. It's a should instead of something you really love and enjoy. Well, well, for me, like uh, specifically in the athletics, um, in it, in that area, you know, um, I just I I got value for um, I I didn't have the best home life. So sports were an escape for me, and um, and I was always an early riser. So, for example, in swimming, we had a, a 6 a.m. workout, and I was always there, despite the fact that I had to ride my bike, you know, five miles across town to get to practice. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and so I was, you know, I remember um, getting a, a reward for, or an award for the most dedicated swimmer. You know, and that was just. I always showed up. I never missed a practice, and and that's something that that I I know is um, you know maybe I could have swam a little harder, but um, you know it was just at least I was super consistent about it, and and that was one of my values. Um, so other ones that I look at you know today is is I I believe that for example growth um, like I've always um, moved towards things that I fear, you know, it's it, sometimes it's, and maybe this is the, the man and, and the, you know, the, the veteran training, or, you know, the military training that I had was, you know, when, when things get hot, we have a tendency to lean in and move towards that in order to, to deal with what's bugging us versus avoiding the conflict or avoiding um, the things that scare us. Um mm-hmm. But but I want to talk a little bit about, you know, choosing or, you know, looking at these values in the context of relationships because, yes. you know, when I was first divorced, this is going on about eight years ago, um, and, you know, I've had this long period of growth. Um, so the first thing I did, and, uh, and, and I know that I, I don't know how your coaching goes, but, you know, I feel so bad about the first thing I did was, you know, I think I was out of my um, 
my home with my ex about a, a week before I put up my Match.com profile and then unleashed mm-hmm. this very needy, <laughs> um, very validation-seeking, um, you know, person out into the world of, you know, dating females. And um, and I live in a town that's small enough that I think the eligible women between the ages of 28 and um, 40 at the time that I was looking was maybe there were about 1,200 profiles on Match.com, and um, and I I cringe thinking about how I just dated at that time, and I know that it's important to like you know you learn something from every every date that you go on, either something about yourselves or 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 something about yourself or something about a potential partner that you may or may not like. Um, so it wasn't completely without learning that, um, you know, that, that experience, but I certainly wasn't ready for a relationship and I certainly had not identified the values of myself, let alone the person that I might want to be in a relationship with. So that's an important distinction to make. And, um, you know, I was all about fun and validation and, you know, I had a couple of rough years and in the marriages that falls apart, you know, so there's some starved for affection and, you know, recognition and all of these things. And it's just so needy, you know? Yeah. But you know what? It's, it's common, David, to do that. Unfortunately, uh, you know, people, people go date at all different stages. And so as a smart dater, what I advise my clients is to look out for men like you (laughs) And, um, <laughs> you know, unless, well, that, if, they're, that was good if advice. they're looking, right, <laughs> but it's it's really about, you know, no, go into dating with your eyes open. So there's lots of people out there who are dating casually. I mean, I play, I play words with friends, and I don't know if you're familiar with that game on, yeah, I play it on my phone. Okay, so I I was playing with a new guy who I have no idea who he is, and after the first game, he said, <laughs> He sends me a message. I'd like to bang you. Okay. Um, now I have a I have a choice here. Like so, some people actually probably find partners on Words with Friends uh, to date. I don't know. I I've never done that. I do it because I like words. But but I I had a choice. Um, I could keep playing him and ignore him, or delete him and move on. And that's what I did. So. You know, mm-hmm. I can engage with crazy people or people who are just interested in sex or or I have a choice and I can date with dignity. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think that people do need validation, though, and so there's nothing wrong with getting out there and, and feeling like you're, you know, you're a handsome guy and that you can have good sex and that you're, you're appreciated for who you are again because ego can suffer tremendously in a bad marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, and the fact that you learned and that you're now a healthier person emotionally is really what's important. So so you took time and did identify your values and started living a congruent life. And um, so, so tell me about this concept of moving towards versus moving away. Well, it's interesting. I was just, I jotted down some notes before. Um, so in the military, I was a firefighter and Typically, when something catches on fire, people run away from it. But when you're training, um, 
when, when you train regularly to run towards it, um, that training can eliminate fear. You know, it, it just becomes a reaction where all of a sudden you can move towards uh, the, the thing that you fear. Now, what's interesting is that, you know, when I got out of my marriage, um, I feared being alone. And, um, and so I, I, like, pretty quickly fell into a relationship, which um, at the time wasn't bad, you know, but it wasn't right. It wasn't, and I think we were both kind of on the rebound on this one where, um, where we were both out of a, a, a tough marriage, but um, she was at a much different place in her life than I was um, being, you know, I was 36 and she was uh, 47 with two pretty much grown kids. And um, so we had good chemistry and a lot of fun. However, when I began to examine my values and, and looked at where the relationship was going, it wasn't going to go anywhere that I wanted because, you know, we couldn't build a relationship based on, you know, the family that I want to have, you know, so sure we could share activities and, um, and there's, you know, a certain availability factor, um, but she wasn't available fully for the relationship that I wanted. And so, you know, we had to sadly part ways, which was really the best thing for, you know, each of us respectively. And it was mm-hmm. letting that relationship go that, um, which here was the painful part. I went a period of about three or maybe even four years um, where I had dated nobody more than three times. Mm-hmm. And if I felt that there was either an incompatibility or a mismatch on values, I would not pursue another date and and the scary part was was that I was afraid that I was going to be alone forever you know that I wouldn't meet Mm -hmm. somebody um and you know and and I wasn't actively dating on um um on you know match.com or the new apps like tinder I mean I wasn't doing that um Mm -hmm. and because I because I knew so far deep in myself that I would meet somebody doing something that was congruent with my values, you know, whether it be an act activity like, you know, on a hike or, um, or in a yoga class or, um, at a, you know, at a business function, I, I knew that I would meet somebody out in the real world. Um, and eventually that happened, but I had to make room for it. And that was really scary but you stuck with it, um, which is commendable, and I think a lot of people don't. They live in that place of fear, and then they get into relationships based on scarcity, based on fear, and those are not good relationships. Those are, you know, you get in for all the wrong reasons. And I see this as a woman dating, because I'm, I'm very picky because I know my values. Um, so I, I know right away after a few dates also, and I have not gone past a few dates in the last, I don't know, I think I ended my last relationship in March and haven't had more than three or four dates with any man. Um, Because I know. I know right away if it's not going to be aligned, and I am looking for serious 
relationships. So it right. depends on what right. you're looking for. Right. And and in this case, you know, I I'm I I decided, you know, very proactively, you know, that that I know what my values are, health, fitness, challenge, growth, fun, and family relationships. And um and if I'm looking for a partner that I can have a family with, it changes the game tremendously. You know, I mean, it changes the game from from, you know, if we're going to have our own children, um you know, and I actually had I decided that I needed to date, you know, somebody that was of age to, you know, have that in her life and who actively wants that, you know. Um, and, um, so let you know, me, I not want to challenge you on be, this. Yeah, yeah. For a minute. Okay. So yeah. a lot of people say that they want to start a family and they will only date people of a certain age who are able to have children or or at least hopefully able to have children. So if family is important to you, um, what if it showed up in somebody having their own children or adopting children? Or what if you got married and the person wasn't able to get pregnant? Would that be a deal breaker? No, no, it wouldn't. And so here's here's a good case in point, Sandy, just because um, I don't think you know my history. One of the reasons why I got divorced was because um, my spouse at the time um, did not want to have a family in any way, shape, or form. Um, and so she was a, a couple years older than me. And, and um, so when I, I think I was 30, we were, I was 31 when we got married, 36 when we got divorced, but at 35 when she was, you know, 39, we had this conversation about, you, you know, and she said that, yeah, I'm open to having a family and maybe we can adopt or whatever, you know, but we hadn't really pinned that down before we got married. You know, we were just like, Hey, let's enjoy marriage for a few years and then we'll have, then we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, um, so a couple of years down the line, you know, I, I said, well, we should talk about this. And, and she says, yeah, well, I don't think I want to have baby from my body, but, and then I said, okay, what about adopting? And she says, okay, if they look like us, you know, and I'm like, mm, um, you know, what does it matter if we adopt, a, you know, if we adopt a kid? So, you know, here's where we, we, we've had a big difference in values. Um, mm-hmm. So her value or her, one of the things that motivated her was that she was very fear-based where she would move away from something that scared her. Now the idea that a kid that we adopt would um, would encounter some prejudice or uh, discrimination because they might be a different skin color than us that scared her and I was like I don't care you know and all kids get picked on you know right. um, and um, so it didn't matter to me and you know we had some other real fundamental differences so that's why we parted ways and then mm-hmm. I did meet somebody that that had um, kids you know and, and I was open to something with her, but, you know, the, but the, um, her kids were, the youngest was 16 and 19, I think were their ages. And they're pretty much done, you know, and, and they, they didn't need a dad. They had a dad, you know, they didn't, they, um, so it, it, it was a less than, you know, it was a less than fulfilling prospect 
to have a long-term, mm-hmm. you know, family with that. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of wanted, I, I wanted more than, than just that, um, that short window to be involved. Right. Well, you, and, it sounds um, like you're, you want to be a father. You, that's the bottom sort. line. Yeah. You want to, right. Yeah, you want to be I'm, a father and you want to be I'm important in a child's life, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I want it, and I'm open to either adopting or having our own. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, because that's important. I think a lot of people get into relationships, and then when their partner can't have children, because that can happen, um, that's something to really think about. Is is so important to have your own biological children? Um, so I think you know all these things are are these things you would ever get divorced over. And I think for a lot of people, they don't think about divorce when they're thinking about marriage. Um, but divorce is a wake-up call for anybody who's been divorced, and you and I have gone through that, and many of our listeners have, that you realize what it is that you can't live with. And like you said at the beginning of this conversation, knowing what that you're, you, you know, what you're not congruent with and what you're not aligned with is so much easier usually. So I think that you know when people do identify those core values, and start living their own life in alignment, they're going to be much more apt to find a partner who's going to align with those values as well. Wouldn't you say Correct. That, I think that that's that true, that you should I, be living it yourself? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, like attracts like. And I think that's one of the reasons why, number one, you know, well, I, I can say it a couple ways. You know, um, I didn't go on a whole lot of dates with people that I that I would you know quickly disqualify for one reason or the, or the other. But there were a couple of people that I that I kind of liked that were probably also repulsed by me at some point because I wasn't being congruent. And, and I think that you know you get a vibe for that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think you can pick up on 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 something. Um, and so. I like attracts like. So if if you are within your values, you can easily discern whether somebody is or is not, not only in alignment with your values, but in alignment with their own. Yes, absolutely. Well, there's so much more we could say about this topic, but we are out of time. And um, oh. this has been really uh, – <laughs> Um, we'll have to have you back again, David, to talk about more things about living in alignment and, and fears. And I mean, there's just so many ways that we could go with this conversation. So I, I really appreciate your coming on the show today. And can you let our listeners know how they can find you and find your podcast? Yeah. Okay. So my podcast uh, is available on iTunes and Stitcher. It's called The Better Human Show. And you can find me online at David ratchford.com or on Twitter at David Ratchford. Um, that's R-A-C-H-F-O-R-D. And probably on Facebook or, you know, all of the normal channels, um, Instagram, etc. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty visible. If you uh, better human show and just Google David Ratchford or find the link and, and I'm easy to find. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, David. And Best of luck with with your living your congruent life, and um, I know you have a partner now, and I hope that um, that you have gone on your last first date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's we've been dating for almost a year in a couple of weeks. So. Wow! Congratulations. Well, celebrate that. That's a big milestone. Looking forward to it. 
Okay. Well, have a happy holidays, and uh, thank you again for coming on the show, and thank you, everybody, for listening in today. And I hope you all go on your last first date. Have a really great day. Bye-bye.